Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today on the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show, Carl and Nick discuss the Marquette King edition and how it will affect the 2018 Denver Broncos, go through some of the top five hypotheticals in the upcoming draft, look ahead to current pressing needs as well as projecting some future holes on the roster. This is the Huddle Up Draft Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up draft style. I am your host, Carl Dumbler, and with me as always, I have my good friend, Nick Kendall, with me. Nick, how are things, man? Well, we had a bunch of snow this weekend, but looks like tomorrow and Thursday it's going to get up to 70 degrees. So don't tell my boss on here. I'm going to take a, I think I might take a sick day or even a vacation day Thursday and spend the whole day outside, do some disc golfing and uh, just enjoy being outside because I am getting the, uh, the wintertime blues and spring fever. I understand, man. I uh, had one of my my golfers text me, one of my high school golfers. I'm not actually coaching this year. They, did, they didn't need me. <sighs> Sad day. But uh, one of my golfers texted me and said, hey, I want to go golfing with you here sometime. And so I've been waiting for those nice days to come. Kansas, it's always blowing. So you're, you're just hoping for anything under 20 mile per hour winds. And uh, so far, we've had one day of that in the last probably month. That's it. So I, I'm looking forward to, to sunny days and shorts weather. And uh, I'm one of those, I pull out my shorts when it gets to like 60 degrees because I just want, I feel like I'm forcing summer to come. You know, if, if, if I wear my shorts, then summer's like, all right, I guess I got to show up. This kid's wearing shorts. So yeah, <laughs> I might have to pull those out this week, even in 40 degree weather, just to maybe spring forward some, some summer. But anyway, on to some actual football because that's what we're here for. I want to let all of you know that the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos as it relates especially to the upcoming draft. With Nick and myself being Draftaholics, we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week in every single episode from scouting reports, player values, scheme and personnel fits, and of course, just a little bit of draft-related banter. You can follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. And be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have, because we really do live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod, and make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of Scout.com, and an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. 
We know you listeners are as football draft and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a call to action, please go take the time and go to iTunes or Spreaker and, and rate us and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Well, before we get to the the draft, and, and maybe this will impact the draft a little bit, but we had a big signing this last week. The the king has made his way to Denver, Marquette King. LeBron James. Oh, no, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we need a tight end, so yeah. I, I wouldn't mind a little bit of LeBron going over the middle. But, no, Marquette King, probably the, the most famous punter in the NFL, maybe known more for his dancing ability than his punting ability. But he's he's an interesting character, and he's one of those guys. I, I keep saying this. I said this to people this, this whole week. He's one of those guys you hate him when he's not on your team, but you love him when he's on your team for the most part. He did have some personal foul penalties, and some of that is why he ended up getting kicked off the, the, the Raiders because he didn't really save them a whole lot of money cap-wise. But he, he is. He's a, a different kind of guy. He, he's, I guess he fits a little bit of the Denver mentality of they let players be who they are. And that can be good or bad. There are times where that personality, like we see with Aqib Tlaib, has come out and it's not been always the best. But this guy, when he is punting, he is a very, very impressive punter. And before we get to his his stats, though, let's talk about his contract. What do you think of his contract, Nick? I think he honestly probably could have gotten a little bit more money elsewhere. And he took, I wouldn't call it a hometown discount, but I'd call it a revenge discount. Also being a punter, coming to play in altitude, that certainly doesn't hurt. But, I mean, this is, this is what – I mean, who wouldn't want to go from the Raiders to the Broncos? I don't know. Cleo Mack, you're welcome next year. Yeah, you know, I heard he's not <laughs> showing up to training right now because, I mean, obviously he's not very happy with that contract. So, and rightfully so, he needs to get paid. I don't blame him at, at all. But King coming over here, three-year, $6 million contract, I think that's a, I think that's a bargain for this season at least. You know, we'll see what he if they keep him past this year. If he struggles next season, he only has a third of a million dollar dead cap hit. And the year after that, it's only like a ninth of a million dollar dead cap hit. So if he struggles this year, they can easily get out of the deal with very minimal issues, cap issues, that is. But he's a very talented punter. He's done pretty well. He wasn't as talented, or he didn't do as well last season as he did two years ago, but still a very good punter. And I am excited because it's going to make the three and outs and when the Broncos have to punt, not as painful. So it's, if we can get a little bit of excitement out there, normally I'm heading to the bathroom or getting another beer when the Broncos are punting. So luckily for me, I can uh, sit, sit down and see if anything fun can happen. And man, he can boot it. So I'm really excited to see what he can do in altitude. And it makes sense. It makes sense because the Broncos, they've talked about transitioning, really embracing that smash mouth style of offense where it's going to be a lot more ball control running on the ground and giving the defense better field position. And how do you do that? Well, you play better in that third phase of the game, the special teams, which has been absolutely putrid the last couple seasons for the Broncos. You add a guy like King, hopefully pin the teams in the 20 some more, the 10, the five, you know, that flip the field position, give your defense a chance to attack. I I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm as excited for the signing of a punter as one could be, I guess you could say. Right. I think one of the things that I love most about his game is that he is a directional punter. And what I mean by that is he doesn't just punt it down the middle and hope that it goes really high and and try to get the guy to fair catch it. He will actually 
try to aim for the out of bounds. And I'm, I'm surprised more punters don't do this of working to, to hit the corners and, and just pretty much eliminate the returner, eliminate any possibility, or at least you can set up a scheme where you can really pin them in that side. And it's just something the Broncos haven't been that great at. And Dixon this last year, like you said, he just struggled. He was not great. There's no way to, to get around that. His rookie year was much better than this last year. And the Broncos need an upgrade. They need somebody that can be a little bit more consistent because that Dixon, I don't know how many times he would, he'd be at the 20 or 30 yard line and he'd punt it to like midfield. And you're going, what in the world? A, an NFL punter should be punting further than this when they have this kind of opportunity, especially in Denver of all places. And that's, that's a great thing about Marquette King is in Denver. The last two seasons, he has averaged 54.1 yards per punt. That's in Denver. So that's two games. I mean, that, that's we have to keep that in mind. But this is this should be a punter's paradise, a kicker's punt paradise. Every kicker and punter should want to come to Denver because they're going to get opportunities that they wouldn't have, have elsewhere. So I, I'm excited about this signing. I mean, I know it's just a punter, nothing to get too crazy about. But special teams is still important. I mean, the Broncos saw that last year with all their fumbles on punt returns, their big returns that they gave up. They, I mean, they lost games because of special teams last year. And we, we can't have that. You got to, as they always say, you got to win two of the three phases in a game. And if special teams is always a loss, that means your offense and defense have to show up and do something every single game. And that, that's asking a lot on both those kind of units. And obviously the offense wasn't up to – to par last year and the defense struggled at different times. So it's, it, it was a no brainer signing for me, especially at that kind of contract. I know punters don't make a ton of money, but that's still, that's still not a huge cap hit. That is for a player that's going to possibly play it. Not, I don't think he's an all pro kind of player. I don't think he's the top punter in pro football. That was my, my big thing is there's a lot of people who were hyping him up and I thought he was getting hyped up more just because of his dancing and being known as a punter than actually his skills, but he's still a top five punter in the NFL right now. Yeah. And he's going to be 29 years old and he's, you know, had some pretty good stats over the last couple of years. He's been an all second team, all pro just two years ago. So I'm excited to bring him in here. Hopefully we'll get that average up because that altitude. And the last time I remember there being a big punter signed by the Broncos, one that was supposed to have a big booming leg that came in and kind of disappointed Todd Sarbrunner. That name sound familiar? Yep. Yeah. I think he got busted for uh, performance enhancing drugs. If I recall correctly as well. So <laughs> hopefully it'll be a little bit better than that, but I, I enjoy the signing. And again, if he struggles or it just doesn't live up to the contract, he's really easy to get out of next year. So I like that as well. And I like that he's bringing the revenge factor. I mean, football is better. Bronco football is better when you hate the Raiders. What's that? I mean, that's just, that's a fact of life. And he's coming here. He took a better deal than what he could have gotten elsewhere because he wanted to stick it to the Raiders. I mean, you see Bruce Irvin trying to talk smack. I think oh honestly, they're kind of, I think it's honestly a little bit of a WrestleMania going on where it's a little bit hyped. I think they're not really at each other. I mean, I don't know them personally. I don't know their relationship, but I mean, Bruce Irvin's not like stupid, right? Like he understands that Marquette King was like not even, didn't even talk to like Gruden. He was came into facilities and they're like, yep, we're going to move on from you. It's not like he like chose to leave the Raiders. That That's not on him. So once he's a free agent, he does, does what he pleases, man. Yeah. Like it sucks I, when, when a guy's a free agent and they go to the Patriots or something like that. If you're a Bronco, I get it. But at the same time, you go, you're a free agent. You go where you want to go. That's, that's the name of the business. 
I have heard just little rumors that a lot of the Raiders were not happy with King after he kind of messed around with Tlaib and kind of made fun of the whole chain grabbing thing against Crabtree. And I think it was at the Pro Bowl where they took a picture with Crabtree grabbing a hold of King's necklace or something like that. And, and they just kind of laughing it off. And I, so maybe, maybe there's a little bit of bad blood, but I, I don't know. It, it, he shouldn't have too much because I mean, he, he should know above about, about this better than anybody. Cause the Seahawks, he was a first round pick and they chose not to re-sign him. They let him go. They let him walk. And he had a choice of where he got to go. And if a team doesn't want you, you got to go somewhere else. You can't, I mean, that, that's just part of it. You can't just all of a sudden go, Hey, I'm just going to retire. I mean, you, I guess you could, but it's, he's got a lot of years left in that leg. Obviously punters can go late into their thirties, forties. I mean, it's not unheard of. So uh, I'm, like I said, I'm excited about the signing, but the, the last question with this, before we get to the draft, what does this mean for Dixon? I hope that they can get some sort of value from him, but how often are punters traded? I think probably in the end, he's, going to be a camp casualty but i mean if you can get a even a seventh round conditional pick for him you know like hey if he makes your team or he punts in eight games then you get a seventh round pick in 2019 i'll take it i was i mean i understand going with him i think he was a seventh round pick when the broncos took him correct he was either a sixth or seventh round pick i'm trying to remember i think seventh yeah i think hopefully you can get a conditional pick for him i've heard eric mention a sixth round pick i think maybe even a fifth round pick but i i think that's a that's coming from a Broncos source with some some high hopes, in my opinion. So <laughs> seventh round conditional pick, that is what I would be hoping for. But in the end, I mean, he's still young, he's still cheap, and I'm sure teams are calling about him. And if he is released or camp casualty, then he's going to go through the waivers process. So that's, that's something to talk about as well. Like if a team drafting near the end or at the bottom of the waiver order is interested in getting him, they are going to have to trade for him. So that, that, that throws a little bit of wrench in it, but in the end, I think if you can get, get – even just a seventh round conditional pick for him, that's a get because it just adds value. And, you know, you, you take a flyer on a guy late in the draft. Those those picks can be valuable. Right. All right. Well, let, let's move on to the draft because I know that's what you listeners are here for. And we decided we we're, were talking earlier this week of, of what we wanted to talk about this week. And I know we talk about this this top five pick quite a bit, but it's because it's so important. The Broncos absolutely have to get this pick right if they want to get their their team back on track. They need a a star player to come out of this pick. Don't you agree with that? It needs to be a franchise-defining piece for the next 10 years. And if they whiff on this pick, then obviously all the coaches are going to be out. But potentially that might be even the sign of John Elway transitioning. I wouldn't say out, but transitioning from his role with the Denver Broncos. So that, that's why we focus on this pick quite a bit. And so what we wanted to do was maybe go through some different scenarios because right now the, the top four picks, we, we've heard a lot of different things thrown out there. And, and we just kind of wanted to go through and, and see what if this happens, what do the Broncos do at pick five? What do you think would be the best option for the Broncos at that pick? And scenario one, this to me is worst case scenario for the Broncos. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. It made me grind my teeth just typing it out when I was working on the outline today. So I was, I, like, I was gotta be prepared. Yeah, I, I was crying just at the possibility that this could happen. But the the scenario is at pick one for the Browns, you got Darnold. Pick number two for the Giants, Rosen. Pick number three, Mayfield. 
for the Jets. And then pick number four again for the the Browns, Chubb. What do the Broncos do? Pray that the Bills want to trade up for Allen, I guess is what you go for here. I mean, there's been a lot of links that the Bills are high on Josh Allen. And personally, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction on my end as an evaluator, you know, coming from the toolsy, big, big arm, decent athlete, smaller school upside quarterback in Paxton Lynch, who's been a monumental failure in Denver. That's not just his fault. That's the organization's fault, but it's also his fault too. So uh, I just, I wouldn't touch Allen here. And if the bills want to trade up, I would be more than happy to do that. I don't need both their picks. I need, I don't need both their firsts. Give me 12 this year, their earliest second round this year. Uh, first round next year and a second round next year. That way we can kind of spread some of those resources around. And But if that's not on the table, uh, I guess I guess I'm going Quentin Nelson. And I, like, I sound disappointed by it. Quentin Nelson would be a fine addition. It's just taking a guard at five is not the most fun scenario, even if he is going to be a great guard. I mean, we've talked about on the podcast before, Joe Thomas, arguably the best left tackle in football, has made zero playoff games and a guard even less valuable. Uh, I just... It's it's not the best, and it's not the best positional value. It's not the best usage of the slotted contracts, the rookie contracts. But I think that's probably where you go if you don't have an option to trade down. Yeah, I and I guess maybe this is the better question. What do you think the Broncos will actually do, and what would you want to do? So is what you think the Broncos would do any different than that? I think that Roquan Smith is also on the board here for that option. However, maybe the Sua Cravens edition might change that a little bit, but they've, from what I've heard, they're very high on Roquan Smith, and he could be the pick here instead of Nelson. But I think in the or maybe even they take Josh Allen. John Elway, I mean, they're setting themselves up to go after quarterback, and it's been some talk that Elway does like Allen. I don't think, I think they have other quarterbacks higher, but Allen's up there, so that's a possibility as well. But I think in this scenario, I would probably look to trade back with the Bills or somebody that wants Josh Allen or take Quentin Nelson. Yeah, that would be my ideal situation is to trade back and at least try to get some some extra draft capital to be able to build around Keenum for this year. And maybe with that extra first round pick next year, you can actually get up there and get your quarterback if you want. Or maybe Keenum hopefully proves that he is the future at the position for the next five years or so. But yeah, it, it's not this would be to me the worst case scenario for the Broncos at pick five where their top three quarterbacks are gone. Chubb, who plays at a very valuable position and a guy that I know that they're very high on. And they're, I, I think pass rush is a lot higher need than a lot of people are giving it credit for the Broncos. And so if we miss that on Chubb, I, I know Barkley's still there. I don't think the Broncos would go that direction, even though he is a very good talent and, and, and could add definitely a, a nice layer to this offense. But Again, running backs just not as valued for the Broncos. They've always been a team that has kind of leaned the other way. And especially with Kubiak running the draft this year, I doubt they're going to go Barkley there at pick five. But th- there's there's options, just not quarterback options. And that's the, I guess, Allen. But <laughs> you and I both are pretty low on him. I view him as maybe a, a second second round, maybe third round kind of guy. I think he should go in the same exact area that Lynch did because he carries the same boomer bust potential. Okay, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, like if somebody takes him, I don't fault the Broncos for going with Lynch where they did. In the end, it didn't work out. I don't fault them. I, I didn't really think he was going to be a great player. I But I thought given the, especially the fifth-year option, 
value quarterback, I don't fault them for taking that. In hindsight, obviously, you know, <laughs> not a great pick, but I don't fault them for doing that in the end. That's about right. the same area I look for in Josh Allen. He should be a late first round pick. I think he probably has mid round two value, but because of that quarterback position, because of that fifth year option, end of the round one is where I would personally be okay taking him, not top five in the draft. Right. No, I'm with you there. All right. Well, let's let's move on to scenario number two here, where Browns take Darnold at one, Giants take Barkley at two, Allen goes three to the Jets, Chubb goes four. And to me, this is maybe the best case scenario for the Broncos, would you say? Oh, absolutely. I've set it up on a tee. I tried to I tried to go a little bit salt to sugar there from uh, <laughs> terrible to absolutely overwhelmingly happy. There's no yeah. way that I think both these guys are going to be on the table in this scenario. But Mayfield or Rosen, if, can I have both? Like, I, I really like both of them. I like Darnold a lot, too. I just don't think there's any way he falls to five. But I... You, if you listeners know, you know, Carl, in this scenario, I go Rosen personally. I'm not sure what the Broncos would do. I think there would be a lot of debating going on in Dove Valley in the war room. I think they like both these guys the most. Uh, but in the end, personally, I would lean with Rosen, but I'd be confident they would walk away with one of those two. Oh, I agree. And, and I would go Rosen, too. I told you last week that he has become my number one quarterback and read a story earlier today. Did you read that story about him? Yeah, about the uh, the tickets. Yeah. His high school team in California was scheduled to go to Hawaii for a football game, which it, it just blows my mind because I grew up where you played your local teams. You, you didn't travel further than like two hours for a game. And now you got these like national programs that are traveling all over the country for high school football. Just seems crazy how big it's gotten. But anyway, his team was supposed to go to Hawaii and as Many of you listeners know Rosen grew up in a very, very rich family. Dad's a doctor and they just, they have money. So the idea of paying 1500 bucks for a plane ticket to go to Hawaii and back for a football game was not really a big deal for them, but there were other players. Obviously that's just not, not as feasible. And so Rosen decided he was going to take it on his own to make sure that every one of his, his teammates could go to the game. And he went around to local businesses and figured out kind of a coupon system where they would donate money to the, the football team. And, and uh, they would kind of put like a coupon book together for people around the community and things like that. And, and end up raising up money for every one of the players on the team to be able to go. And he did this over a summer break. Living in California, beach is only about a half hour away, if that. And this is what this guy chose to do with his time. So th- those are the kind of stories that just really stick out and just make me go, okay, the, 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 especially the narrative. I know we talked about this last week. But sometimes the, the narrative that's thrown out there is not really the truth of who the player is. And th- there's just stories that get thrown out. There's people who... Maybe he rubbed the wrong way for some reason or another. Uh, People that just have an ax to grind because they want their guy hyped up, whatever it may be. But it's there's more to the story that comes with Rosen. And uh, so if he's there at five, oh, my goodness, you I I personally run to the podium. I'd be sad that we're missing out on Mayfield, but Rosen would be my guy. I have converted you or maybe poisoned you. Have you started (laughs) working on I don't think I'm ever going to get Eric. Yeah, but I've started to spread 
that evil manipulative seed across. The Josh Rosen evil seed is finally <laughs> working. Hot tubs in everybody's dorm room. That's right. Uh, speaking out and being politically involved, caring about the environment, all these things that are obviously huge negatives. Being too smart for your coaches and needing to be challenged in the, the QB room. I mean, what a what a nightmare. Oh, goodness. I, uh, I'm just, I'm so, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't right. know. Maybe, maybe I'm in a bubble. Maybe I don't. Maybe, I mean, we're talking on a podcast. Maybe I don't get football, honestly. Like, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. This guy shouldn't get past the second pick. Yeah. It's this whole drafting has exploded to a point that it's just kind of crazy how much we dissect every little thing that they do. It's, I, I don't know. How they order their coffee becomes a big deal. I just, I know that's getting a little crazy, but anyway, let's move on to scenario number three. And that would be Darnold number one, Rosen number two, Mayfield number three. I'm guessing this is Bills or somebody trading up to number four, and they take Allen. Broncos are on the clock for number five. What are you doing? Honestly, let's kick it off to you first. I feel like I've been going first every time. You all right, first. all right. I'll go here. I think you got to go Chubb. The positional value, the the need, because I, I know, like I said, there's we got Shane Ray, we have Shaq Barrett, but – Shaq Barrett's almost certainly gone after this season. If not this season, they, they might work out something, especially if they get Chubb to, to trade Shaq Barrett for something. So that, that's a, a real possibility. But even there, Shane Ray hasn't shown that he can stay healthy. Hasn't shown that he can. I mean, last year, part of the not being able to keep on weight dealt more because he couldn't lift. But I just don't know if I trust Shane Ray to be the long-term solution. And even if he is a long-term solution. I don't know if the Broncos can afford to play, pay both Von Miller and Shane Ray. So either way, I think, I think the Broncos have to figure out something with that position. I think they have to add in this draft at some point, a guy that could maybe be at that outside linebacker pass rusher and Bradley Chubb. He's not quite the perfect fit. He's a little bit bigger. He's more of a four, three defensive end kind of type, but at the same time, the Broncos run a lot of four man fronts, uh, it's it's a lot of high every, everything in the NFL is a hybrid. It's not just a straight three four or four three anymore. It's it's a lot of hybrid stuff that's thrown out there. So he'd still be on the line a lot. I love his intensity. Love what he brings to the field. And I, I just that I keep hearing people say this over and over again. I don't agree with them, but there's some that would say if if he was if Miles Garrett was in this draft that Bradley Chubb would still be higher ranked than him. I don't agree with that. No way. But no way. yeah, I'm, I'm not, not to that point. But I do think that, that Chubb showed more consistency in college. I just don't think he'll be the better pro of the two. Chubb's a better football player right now, based on the tape. Garrett's the better prospect because of the size and just freakish athleticism. Right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like not only one tier above what Chubb has, it's multi-tiers. Like it's, it's your Damian Clowney level of freakish athleticism. Right. I, I agree. But Chubby, he's a finished product. He's, he's a guy that can step in day one and be a great force opposite of Von Miller. And so even though I don't think he's to that top tier level, like some of the pass rushers we've had over the last couple of drafts, he's in that next tier. And I think if you can combine him with Von Miller, I think he can have a great career for the Broncos. So he'd be my pick there. Are, are you in agreement with that or do you have somebody else in mind? I think I would go Chubb as well for the exact same reasons you said. I mean, the Broncos play a 3-4 front, but most of the time they're playing nickel or some sort of sub package. And, I mean, honestly, the Broncos playing 3-4 or they playing 4-3 under. With how much one gap they play and the, uh, whether that 
edge being in a three-point stance or a two-point stance opposite of Von Miller. I mean, you could argue either way because the concepts really merge over and splash into each other. So I think Chubb, you know, he could probably lose five pounds and be a little bit more of that speed rusher, but he'd be a very good strong side edge. Uh, compliments Von Miller very well. You know, just just a different type of edge rusher than Von Miller in that regard. So I think the positional value is huge there. And then Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray, like you said, might be gone next year. This might be their last year. So getting a guy that can play opposite Von Miller at a high level for the next five seasons, giving a guy that compliments him makes Von Miller that much better because you can't, you know, double team him. If you do, you're still going to have to double team Von, but that just frees up Chubb. And, you know, look at, Look at the Chargers, those two crazy good edge rushers. Look at the Eagles this past season. I mean, look at the Vikings. All these teams have not only one good edge rusher, not just two good edge rushers, but, you know, three, four, inside, outside. You know, well, you know me, I've been pounding the table for a good inside pass rusher as well, but there's just not one here at five. Maybe Ed Oliver next year if we stink really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's the case, we probably need a quarterback. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I definitely go with Bradley Chubb here. I think it makes sense positional value-wise. I don't think he's – it's a little bit unfortunate in this class because I think last year's class had better top defensive talent, and I think next year's class has better top defensive talent, but you got to make do with what the class has in front of you. And I think Chubb makes a lot of sense there from not only a, a needs perspective, a impact perspective, but just a fit with the team. All right, well, let's go on to number four here. And, and this one goes Barkley number one, not a quarterback. Nelson number two. Allen number three, Chubb number four. Which this is will never happen. This will never happen. This is just yes. <laughs> this is crazy scenario. Yeah. The the Browns. I, I listened to something the other day. It was a show called Fixing the Browns or something like that. And they took two two players non quarterback to start off the draft. Hmm. And it just blew my mind that they would do that. I mean, that's and better then, than taking Josh Allen at one. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so that leaves the Broncos now with Darnold, Mayfield, and Rosen all still on the board. What do you do? I'm still going Rosen, but I could hear an argument for Darnold or Mayfield. I just kind of wanted to see where where you would rank uh, Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield in this scenario. Uh, Darnold's not making it past two, by the way, folks. Just just won't happen. <laughs> so I, I'm still going Rosen in this scenario. I'm sticking with my board of of my quarterbacks. And while I think Darnold maybe has a little higher ceiling, just I think that improvisation ability that he has just maybe gives him that little bit of an edge. I still, I still like Rosen more. And I also feel like Rosen's going to be better in the locker room than that of Darnold. That's kind of a hot take compared to what many people are saying about Rosen right now. I, I agree, but I, I Darnold he's one of those guys. I just don't know if he's outspoken enough to really be that big time leader in the NFL. He's, he's a little bit quieter than, than you really like. He's kind of more that I'm going to let my play do the, the talking for me kind of thing. I'm just going to go out there and, and just wow everybody. And while he does have a lot of wow to his game, he has some throws that just make you go, how did he just do that? I just feel like, Rosen is going to be that great fit in the NFL. He's that all business. I'm going to work my tail off. Other guys are going to see that. They're going to see how smart I am, that I know what I'm doing. Because I think that's a big thing to the veterans. When those rookies come in and the heads are spinning and they're like, oh my gosh, here comes another rookie. 
But if Rosen walks on the field, knows the playbook in and out, and just does everything right, I think veterans are going to respond better to him, especially early on in his career, than they are to Darnold. Carl, you're, you're convincing me even more. Now Now there's there's some talk that, well, I guess we just might as well we'll go to it, some of it, but there's some talk that Josh Allen might go number one now. That's some of the latest talk. I've heard that from a couple different people. You know, it's been in the national media too, so there's, there's, there's something to it. That would make Darnold going number two. And then there's some talk that the Jets, while Rosen, in my opinion, is the, the better prospect, their ownership is very, very, very close to Donald Trump. And Rosen, part of the reason probably some people really don't like him is that he spoke out against Trump in the past, wore an inappropriate or a expletive-laden hat on a Trump golf course that read expletive Trump. Uh, I'll let you <laughs> listeners uh, fill in the blank there. <laughs> and uh, so that means there, there's some talk that because of that, and also the Jets ownership is the ambassador to the United Kingdom for Trump. So, that, I mean, it's, there's really close ties there. There's some talk that because of that, Rosen's not on their board. Or at least not on the, uh, the top three of their quarterbacks. And then there's talk that the Browns need to be absolutely blown away to give up that fourth pick because they really like Bradley Chubb. What does that mean? Josh Rosen falls to the fifth pick to the Broncos. And by gosh, if that happens, I, mean, I don't want to put anything in writing or anything like that. I guess it's going to be on a podcast, but I, I'm going to go streaking or something. Like, I'm going to be too <laughs> excited. It's going to be like, have you seen the movie Old School? Oh, yeah. We're going streaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to the quad. Like, that's going to be me running around Iowa City. I'm just going to be yeah. too excited. Is so, your girlfriend going to be chasing you in the car going, what are you doing? <laughs> you think Wendy's is still open? <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Oh, no, that I, would be. Yeah, that's. I, I have to do a Facebook Live immediately afterwards. So, I'm, I'm really going to be bad with the, uh, the poker face. I'm either going to be elated or just, like, have to put on that that smile like the Broncos took a guard with the fifth pick. And I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to sell it the best I can. Cause you know what? I am a fan, but gosh, if, they, if Rosen falls to five, they don't even have to trade up for him. If he falls to five, I'm going to be like dead. I don't even, I don't even know. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's real. I feel like this is all still just smokescreen BS and there's just no way it can happen because the tape is too good. I mean, I understand there's NFL teams that, you know, there's definitely a little bit more old school mentality there and, some free thinkers, some people who speak their mind might concern them a little bit, but I feel like Rosen would do well in Denver. And if he falls to five, don't even trade up to get him. Right. And and I look at it as the, if you're not adapting, if you're not evolving, I guess is, is another word you can use here as an NFL team to today's players and today's way of doing things, you're going to fail. I mean, you're even seeing it unravel a little bit now with Bill Belichick, with all the stories that are coming out of him not relating to his players very well, him calling players out in front of everybody else and them not taking that well. Even rumors of he and Tom Brady having a rift. And so I I think even there, you're starting to see where maybe Bill Belichick is kind of nearing the end, not just because of age, but just because of his ability to relate to players. And you're seeing a lot of these young coaches really step up and, and do some great things, especially young offensive coordinators, young defensive coordinators, because they just, they know how to talk to players. They, they know how to communicate with this younger generation, the, these millennials as, as they're called. And uh, I guess my wife and I looked it up the other day. We're both actually millennials. We're right on the edge there mm. or, or towards the other end. And I think there should be more of a split, at some point, I think the millennial generation is too long because of just how much technology changed everything. But, but that's just uh, my old 
old man mentality, you know, my get off my lawn kind of kind of thing. But you do know that Josh Rosen isn't technically a millennial, though. He's not. Oh, he's in that next one. He's Generation Z, which makes it even more stupid and ironic when Jim Morris says he's too millennial and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, there Generation you go. Z. Okay, okay. See, I mean, I, I'm, I'm that off anyway too. So, but yeah, no, I, I'd, if Rosen's there, man, I think we all should be jumping for joy that the the rest of the NFL world got scared off by a guy that has his own opinion about life. Same and, with Mayfield, same with Darnold. I mean, any of those, if, if Broncos can walk away with any of those three, I am going to be doing backflips. I, right. I think all three are going to be franchise quarterbacks. No, I agree. I agree with you completely. I, I just, I, I find it so funny that a player's political views would keep a team from taking a, a franchise quarterback. That yeah. just, that just blows me away. I, I just, I guess I work in a field where you work with people from all walks of life and you just learn that you got to you got to get along with all of them and you might disagree on a lot of things i mean even you and i will disagree on some things in life and and yet we can still get along we can still have t- conversations and i just feel like in today's world you're not going to have an entire locker room that's going to be very conservative republicans that are going to all love trump and and fit your your narrative you're not going to be able to put a, a good team together if that's the way you're going to be I understand quarterbacks a little bit different, but I don't know. That just, like I said, just blows my mind that that would be where they go. As long as it's not hurting the product on the field or hurting people, like their opinions are straight up, you know, racist or horrible, you know, like wanting people to die. That's, that's something else entirely, you know, not going crazy. Like who was it? The, the running, there was a running back that went totally crazy. Richard Mendenhall. Does that name sound familiar? Like he went nuts. Remember that? Yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Richard Mendenhall for the Steelers. And so that, that's something entirely. But as long as it's not affecting the product on the field and they're not hurting other people, you know, whatever. It's like, it's like religion to me. Like, you know what, as long as it's not, you're not jamming it down my throat or anything, and you can speak your mind. You, know, you have a platform. But as long as you're not jamming it down my throats or impacting other people, you know, taking away their rights or anything like that, then whatever. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're too millennial, Carl. That for maybe that thinking is evil. I, I don't know, but anyway, we got one. We got one last uh, mock draft here scenario at least, and this is a, a trade one. So we have the first pick Darnold, second pick Rosen, third pick Mayfield, fourth pick Chubb. Broncos trade down here with the Bills. I guess is the the assumption. We only have the twelfth pick. Uh, didn't want to go too much farther because then we're doing a whole mock draft. But the Bills trade up for five. They get up Allen. The Colts go Nelson at six. The Bucks go Barkley at seven. The Bears go McGlinchey. There's been a lot of talk there recently that McGlinchey is an option there at eight. The 49ers go with Ward, Denzel Ward at nine. Uh, the 10th pick is Roquan Smith to the Raiders. The 11th pick, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. So the 12th pick, where are you going, Carl? I am going to go Tremaine Edmonds. Mm, good pick. I, I just, I love the value there. I love the fit of what we're we're going to need moving forward. I think he is a guy that's honestly as good as he played is still just scratching the surface of what he can be. He's one of the few guys in this draft that I just sit here and say, this guy could really, he could become an all pro player. I, I, I believe that Quentin Nelson can be that kind of player. I believe Saquon Barkley can be that kind of player. I think one of the quarterbacks can maybe not every year, but maybe a year or two become that kind of player. And then I have Tremaine Edmonds. That's my next guy. 
And and Derwin James, I don't know. It just kind of depends on some of that. But uh, where he goes is what I, I think with him. But Tremaine Edmonds, I think he would fit our defense perfect. I think he's exactly what we've been missing in the middle of that defense. And like I said, I think he's just beginning to scratch the surface because he's still he's he'd be one of the youngest players in this draft, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he is the youngest player in this draft. Okay, so again, just a guy that's already an athletic freak. I would love him at twelve. I would. If we couldn't get a quarterback, that is one guy. If we traded back, I think I could not do a backflip, but I would definitely do a uh, punch in the air jump kind of thing or a, a Tiger Woods fist pump. There you go. Bringing yeah. it back full circle to golf. There you go. I had to. I had to. <laughs> but who would you go here? I think I would probably go Tremaine Edmonds as well, unless Derwin blew you away. I mean, I've, have you listened to the – sorry to promote another podcast here on our own podcast, but the Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks – they have episodes on like full players with like coaches and people from their past that come on and talk about them. I've heard a few of those episodes. Yeah. I haven't heard the one on Derwin James though. Oh man. The one on Derwin James, that kid loves football and I think he's going to end up a stud safety. I know we have Darian Stewart already brought in Cravens and have Simmons, but to have James back there as that strong safety to Paris Simmons and then Cravens as the dimebacker. I mean, that's, that's the best safety grouping in the league. I'm not, I'm not even, that's not an exaggeration. They'd be incredible. So I'd, I'd definitely have a hard time going back and forth between James and Edmonds. I think I'd go with Edmonds in the end, but I'd definitely be sad to pass on James. Harold Landry also should be talked about here, I think, as well. Okay. Not bad, not bad. All right. Well, we still have a little bit here to go, but first I want to tell you about Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. All right, well, that felt like the middle there, so I figured I'd go into that Audible section there, but we're going to backtrack a little bit on our outline here and go to our current top 10. So, Carl, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the put, the put the golf ball on the tee here for you. Again, all these golf references, we're, we're praying in spring and good weather here with all this talk. Um, your top 10. So, the, and I understand this is my top 10 of who I'd want the Broncos to take. This isn't... There's other guys that I'd still have, like Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley would probably be just talent-wise, if we're taking everything else out of the equation, would be my top two guys in this draft. But for the Broncos, number one, I have Josh Rosen. Number two, Baker Mayfield. Number three, Sam Darnold. Number four, Bradley Chubb. Number five, Saquon Barkley. Number six, Quentin Nelson. Number seven, Derwin James. And and this is why I, I went back and forth on this too when you were asking what I'd do there at 12 and I have eight as Tremaine Edmonds. I, I kind of went with Edmonds just because I, there's a bigger need there. I feel like, I, I feel like our safety group is they're good. Yes. Derwin James could take them to another level, but Tremaine Edmonds, I, I just in the middle of our defense just sounds so beautiful. Number nine, Raquan Smith. And then number 10, Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, I like it. Well, mine, I have the kind of the same as you. Honestly, I, I, I couldn't do it because of the way the outline works, but I have Josh Rosen one. And then I have a 2A and a 2B. Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are literally, they, they're the same, the same ranking to me. Baker Mayfield's a little, I think he's actually a little safer than Darnold, but Darnold offers a little more upside. I think he has a little bit more arm talent and obviously the frame to boot. Four, we have the same guy, Bradley Chubb. Five, I actually have a Quentin Nelson because the, I mean, as much as I don't want to take a guard this early, I... He's a, he's a tremendous talent. There's no denying it. And if you take him, you're happy that you have that guard position set for 10 to 15 years with a high quality player at that. 
Six, I actually have Roquan Smith. I think he's more instinctual, which I value more with the linebacker position. Uh, seven, I have Saquon Barkley, probably the best offensive player in this draft. That's not a quarterback. Definitely the best playmaker. Eight, I have Derwin James. So you actually have Derwin James a spot higher than I do. Nine, I have Denzel Ward because I value those matchup man corners, and he's been one of my guys on here for a long time. We had Sayer on this podcast, what was it, like three months ago, and we talked about my guys, and one of my guys is Denzel Ward, so I'm sticking with it. And 10, I actually wrote down Harold Landry. I think he's going to end up going top 12 in this draft. He's a very bendy, twitched-up edge rusher. A lot of people have compared him to Vic Beasley. I think he's a little less athletic than Beasley is as far as twitched-up goes, but, I mean, he's he's bendy and fun and can get after the quarterback. And I went back and watched some of his tape from two years ago compared to this season, and night and day, I think that, that ankle injury really messed with him this year, especially a guy that relies on ankle flexibility to bend the corner. So I went with Harold Landry there at 10 just also because of the uh, – the edge value compared to any other position besides quarterback. Anything stand out to you in my top 10? I guess not having Tremaine Edmonds on there. Yeah. Just because I, I know how, how much you've been kind of pumping him up to me at least. Yeah. And yeah. so not having him on your top 10 was a little, a little surprising. I understand. I, I'm guessing he's probably there at that 11, 12 spot. I deleted his name like three times and went with Harold Landry. And then I wrote down Minka Fitzpatrick and then Connor Williams, <laughs> just like literally this 10th spot. I feel like after those nine, that 10th spot could be like five different guys. I'm pretty right. confident in my top nine. After that, I feel like there's a, there's a tier separate, a uh, tier difference there. So yeah. I, I went with the guy with the highest value position in Landry. I can't blame you for that. So no, good list. Definitely a lot of guys. I, we obviously agree on most of them. I'd be happy with any of those guys being on our team. That's yeah. for sure. For sure. All right, well, now we're going to move on to our top immediate Bronco needs. So heading in the draft, the top needs for the Broncos, and we'll also talk about some guys that could potentially fill those roles. I mean, there's some question question mark guys that are on the roster now that could fill in some needs that we just don't really know about yet. But I'll start off with my top five here. My number one need on this team is a true franchise quarterback. You can't tell by now. I, I think Keenum's going to be a fine quarterback. I think he's probably a lesser tier Alex Smith, but how far did Alex Smith take the Chiefs? And I think that's with a better coaching situation. We do have a better defense, but still, I, I'm he- I want to build a championship team. I don't want to build a team that's just a team that makes the playoffs and then gets booted in the first round. So franchise quarterback, that's number one need until you get it. So uh, my second need actually is a third wide receiver. Not sure about Carlos Henderson right now. They might bring in Eric Decker, but there's some talk that Carlos Henderson's been irritating to them. And even in this offseason, it looks like he's working hard in his social media, but yeah, you know, we will. Uh, we'll see what comes of that, and it's still it's still a need. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos go wide receiver earlier than people are expecting. Maybe even as early as that round two pick. Uh, the third, again, we need some offensive weapons to help, especially over the middle of the field. Especially if you get a guy like Rosen who really de- utilizes the middle of the field. Uh, and tight ends a huge need to me. I'm I'm probably as big of a fan of the tight end position as there is left. Maybe that's me holding on to my Iowa roots. Maybe I'm still a little bit of an old school guy <laughs> at heart, at least. But tight end, it's really a need, and hopefully Jake Butt and Austin Trailer can step up to fill in a, a couple of those needs there. But they still need a guy, especially a, a move tight end that could be a matchup weapon. Fourth on the list for me, third cornerback. Tremaine Brock, don't really trust him. Brandon Langley, don't really trust him. I mean, I like Roby a lot. I like obviously like Chris Harris Jr., but I think in today's NFL, you need three cornerbacks, especially in the Broncos scheme. You're leaving those – you're sending pressure and you're uh, – leaving those cornerbacks on islands. You need guys who can man up, and I don't think Tremaine Brock or what I saw from Brandon Langley last year make me very confident. So third cornerback is that fourth one. And then fifth, right guard. 
Connor McGovern, there's been some talk that Sean Coogler likes him a lot. So I'm, that's one of the reasons I don't think they're leaning Quentin Nelson. And I think Menelik Watson projects at right guard pretty well. I think he's going to be probably an average right guard, which, hey, I will take average at this point considering how bad the play on the offensive line has been. So for me, franchise quarterback, third wide receiver, tight end, third cornerback, and right guard are my top five immediate needs for the Broncos. All right. Well, I went with, obviously, franchise quarterback as well. I just I feel like that's still the the biggest hole on the team. I like Case Keenum, like you, but it's to me if you have an average quarterback, your team's going to be pretty average, and it's going to be hard to ever get into draft position to get a franchise quarterback. And right now, the Broncos are in perfect position to possibly get one this year. So if you get an opportunity, you go get that. Then I have right guard. I I went back and watched McGovern's games from last year, and and I'm hoping with the coaching maybe he gets a little bit better. But I just I view him more as that swing guard than a starter. And while Watson could maybe be a really decent guard, I just don't know. I don't know. And I so I feel like if if we can find a guy that's really going to be that right guard spot and really finish out that offensive line where we could have a group together for the next maybe four or five years at most of the positions, that would be huge for their development. And third for me is, is pass rusher. I know, like I said earlier, we have Shane Ray, we have Shaq Barrett, obviously, but the Broncos finished last year, 22nd in the NFL with only 33 sacks. So Shaq Barrett wasn't getting it done when he was on the field. Shane Ray, when he finally got healthy, wasn't getting it done. And and, and by pass rusher, understand, I, I'm not just talking about outside guy. I'm talking about inside guy, too, here. If we can find that second guy from whatever spot on the defensive line possible, that would be huge for the Broncos. And like I said, if we could actually find an inside pass rusher, I mean, you, you add Tavin Bryan to this defensive line with a one-gap system, that's a terror that teams have to actually worry about. And so it just takes a little bit of attention away from Ron Miller. gives other guys lots of opportunities Four for me is like you third cornerback, the, the guys that we have on the team. I just don't know. I don't know what we got. I don't, I don't feel like we have that third guy right now. And that could be a big problem for the kind of defense that we run. And fifth for me is that third wide receiver spot. I, I still believe in Henderson. I think that first year was a eye opener for him, kind of a humbling experience. And I've seen a lot of, uh, I know th- this happens where some guys are just a lot more social media active, I guess is savvy. the way to put it. Yeah, there you go. Savvy. So he's put a lot of videos on of what he's been doing to get ready for this season. And he's been doing a lot. He's been working hard. He looks in great shape. So he's just a guy that I'm excited to see the opportunity that he gets. You knew, you know, he was one of my favorite picks from last year. So I, I just want to see them give him an opportunity because I think he could be that huge playmaker that this team has been missing. Well, I, I like your list. So now my top five needs long-term again, number one franchise quarterback. We're going to, we're going to keep harping on that. I know some people don't agree. My personal draft philosophy is that if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you go get that guy. Shameless plug here. I wrote a 3,000-word article on why the Broncos should go after a franchise quarterback with a fifth pick, which is surprising that needs to be written because a lot of people, I guess, undervalue quarterback. Maybe it's a little bit of swing back because the quarterback position is viewed as overvaluable to many people. 
And I get it. We talk about it a lot, but the reason these guys are paid so much is because they are valuable. And you have to have a perfect roster, perfect coaching, stay perfectly healthy to win a Super Bowl without that quarterback. And, I mean, really, look at the Eagles roster last year. Where were they weak? I guess the secondary could have been a little better, but, I mean, they, they got there with pretty far without – they got they got pretty far because of Carson Wentz. And then Nick Foles came in, great coaching, great front seven, great offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. You need to have almost a, a perfect roster to win with an average quarterback. So franchise quarterback, you get that, you give yourself the biggest window possible. Edge rusher opposite Vaughn, need number two. Again, this is honestly just going to read as positions of value because you can always stack there. Edge rusher opposite Vaughn is going to be huge because we don't know what happens with Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett going forward. Number three, offensive tackle. I'm excited about the Jared Valdir edition as you can go back and listen to the podcast about uh, two, two episodes ago. But he's had some injuries. He's on the last year of his deal, and he might be gone after this year. We'll see what happens. But offensive tackle is going to be a need, and hopefully the Broncos take a developmental guy day two, day three this year. Number four, uh, cornerback. Again, Chris Harris Jr. is starting to approach that age where he's going to start going downhill, and Bradley Roby is going to need to get paid. So cornerback's a need, and the Broncos, with how much they depend on that scheme, it's, it's very valuable for them. And number five, wide receiver. I am not as big on the value of wide receiver as some people, but you need playmakers on the outside, guys that can be matchup breakers. You know, Good players beat good plays. So to have a matchup guy on the outside as a wide receiver, that, that helps a lot. And Manuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, this might be their last year in Denver. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're over 30, so wide receiver is a big need and something the Broncos probably need to address sometime soon. Luckily, the 2019 draft looks like it's going to have a pretty good grouping of wide receivers. Very good list. And I, I had to laugh because your, your top four positions are the top four probably most valuable positions on the field. Yeah. Well, that's yep. <laughs> not a surprise. <laughs> right, right. I, I went a little bit different than you, which is not, I mean, it's a little surprising because we agree on a lot of things, but I, I wanted to be a little bit different. And I went franchise quarterback as well. And, and I do think for... Bronco fans, we got spoiled by that 2015 season where we didn't have great quarterback play and Broncos still wouldn't won a Super Bowl. And then you come to this last season where you look at the three of the four teams in the AFC and NFC championship and only one of them had a, a franchise quarterback, I would say, at that point. And, and the Patriots, obviously, with Tom Brady. The rest of them, Jacksonville, nobody is excited about Bortles. And then obviously Case Keenum being for the Vikings. You and I don't view him as a franchise quarterback, obviously, because we're wanting a franchise quarterback. The Vikings and, didn't either. Right. Yeah, exactly. The Vikings didn't even view him that way. And then, of course, the the Eagles with their their star quarterback going down. So, again, three quarterbacks. that, But that's, that's not usually the norm. There, there's a reason that Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and, and Peyton Manning dominated the AFC for so many years. It's why one of those those guys represented the AFC in all but was it one Super Bowl for how many years? Since 2004, every single AFC representative in the Super Bowl has either been Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Ben Roethlisberger. The one year that it wasn't, Joe Fluco, that year that Raheem Moore, curse him, gave up that big touchdown and yeah. uh, the Joe Fluco and the Ravens ended up going on their way to the Super Bowl. Right. And and they were maybe the third or fourth best team in the AFC that year, if that. They got hot. Yeah, they just got hot at the right time, got some really lucky breaks. And so things just worked out for them. But anyway, I think that's a little bit of why some have maybe said the franchise quarterback has gotten overvalued. But I look at what the 
what the Eagles have been able to do of still add talent, even though their cap situation wasn't great in a big part because their quarterback position is very cheap. I look at the, the Rams right now loading up with all their talent because their quarterback position is cheap. And so these teams are able to go for it. They're able to be very, very aggressive, take some chances and know even if not all their risks work out, they still have a very talented team. And so, again, if you can find that franchise quarterback on a rookie contract, that is the dream in the NFL. Moving on from that, edge rushers next for me. I think you explained it well. I don't know, need to go into detail on that. Three for me is inside linebacker. I don't view Todd Davis as a long-term solution. Brandon Marshall, there was even talk a little bit that he could be traded this offseason, uh, that the Broncos haven't – he's been – Decent, but he hasn't played to that level that he did in 2015. And so he might not be quite playing up to the contract that they gave him. And so with both those guys maybe gone in the next year or two, I still think inside linebacker is where we need to find a, another quality starter. And then next for me is defensive line help because Wolf, how much longer does he have in the NFL? He says that he's healthy, that he finally got some things figured out, but I don't know how much longer he has. Pecco. How much, how, again, how much longer does he go? He was great this last year for us, but one, maybe two more years. And then Adam Gotsis with his whole situation, what's going to happen there? That's our, that's our three starters right there. So I, I feel like the defensive line could be in real trouble after this season. If things, if, if worst case scenarios really play out, the Broncos could be looking for three new starters after this season for the defensive line. Number five, wide receiver. Two guys that are now 30-plus years old as starters. We don't really have – Carlos Henderson could be something okay, but we don't really have anything else that could really – you could look at and say that's going to be a, a star in this league. And so, again, that's going to be a position the Broncos are going to have to really look to upgrade after this season. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them use their first-round pick next year because you and I both know the wide receiver class is going to be very good next year. It's a a very, very, very talented group. So, or at least it should be. We'll see how it plays out. But so, yeah, those would be my five positions. I'd like to see the Broncos really take a hard look at for the future. All righty. Well, good list. Good list. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Podcast. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummer MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of Scout.com and CBS Sports Digital to find ours and our co-writers' articles, not just related to the draft, but all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. Like I said, I just wrote a six-piece, six-part article on the reasons that the Broncos should definitely consider a quarterback at five, assuming their quarterback is there. And it has statistics in it. It has historical references. And if you want to strengthen your argument with your friends why the Broncos should look at a quarterback, go check it out. Or if you're curious, you know, you want to combat me on that, go check it out as well. I'd Really appreciate it. So I spent some time on it and getting the, the data and everything, but I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Your support can help us continue to bring you our Denver Bronco deep dives. We aren't here just to bring you the news, but an in-depth analysis each week from team building, game planning, 365 days a year of covering the Denver Broncos. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, at My Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with you fellow Bronco fans. For Carl Dummler, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next week. Go Broncos.
Mile High Huddle.